Let's do this. Matt Snipes and myself. We have a guest on for today. Introduce yourself, Trevor. What's up? Trevor into his house. <laughs> Way to go. Real stereotypical with it, man. That's right. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> All right. Is that well, what's supposed to mean, John? I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> when your picture is on the freaking overlay, Trevor, people know what you uh, are. Goddamn. <laughs> anyway, so um, our last attempt to do this did not go very well because you could barely hear Matt. So uh, this will be the first episode of the podcast um, because that one didn't get posted to any kind of archive or anything. But uh, so I'll introduce how uh, shortly how me and these two idiots became friends. Um, I grew up with Trevor in uh, elementary school. We went to the same uh, parochial elementary school. And uh, me and Matt grew up together in church, um, and we both developed a, a similar interest in like comic books and comic book movies. Uh, so me and Matt uh, decided to start this podcast just as a way to keep in touch um, and to just talk about random stuff. Uh, and here we are. And today's topic, as you can see, is aliens, because uh, my friend Trevor is a conspiracy theorist, and... This Not is like his... my job. <laughs> Professional conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I don't know how he makes money off of it. That's another story. So we we decided that it would be interesting to have him on, um, just to just to to have him defend his position as somebody who really does believe in this conspiracy theory, um, specifically that aliens have come to Earth, and made a deal with the government, right? Uh, go right into <laughs> it. <laughs> at least let, let me lead into the craziness, at uh, least. Okay, you just... <laughs> okay, okay. This is your opportunity. It's too go late ahead. now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, yes, that is, that is the end result of this this discussion. Yeah, but... John, you just, like, got to let them deliver the pitch first. You can't just, like... Right, now, now people just left. They literally just left your channel because you said all that. <laughs> Listen, no, but I wanted to set it up at its most ridiculous so that you can well, then go in and defend it. Well, let's not start with me because because I, I don't have an opening statement. So let's just uh, let's just start with your opinion and then we'll go from there. All right. Yeah, let's start with John. John, where are you? Where are you, bud? <laughs> like, what conspiracy theories do I believe in or where do I stand on aliens? No, no, no. Where do you get yeah, where do you stand on aliens? Let's start with that. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I, I do, are you guys listening to the stream? Can you hear everything? I was. I think everything is good. I muted it. Okay. As long as everybody can hear us, I will go into, like, the meat and potatoes of everything. Yeah, I think audio is good. Okay. So, I mean, I I believe that aliens could, like, exist in terms of, like, them they're actually being other planets, uh, where other life exists, I don't see any evidence for what against it. So, like that—that could be entirely possible. Um, and I think that there could be, um, they could develop things just like us, where they can get into another uh, atmosphere and and you know, like they, they could get here is is 
uh, like, mm-hmm. just if we can do it, why can't they? Type of thing. Um, but in terms of like there being a conspiracy theory where they made a deal with our government to to like cover it up, like they've been here, there are there's like an active deal being made back and forth, and and I'm gonna go into we're gonna go into more like conspiracy theories that have happened in the past few years, but at the very root of the issue to me is is how do people benefit from hiding that information. And at what lengths would somebody really go to hide that kind of a deal that being made? And, and like that goes into like stuff like flat earth theory where like people believe that the earth is flat and that scientists are like actively covering that up. Like those types of theories where there's an active cover up happening, I feel like are harder to believe just by the nature of like h- how the person stands to benefit from covering it up. Like I don't think they would go to the lengths that people claim they're going in order to cover up that kind of a conspiracy. Okay. So I'm kind of in the same boat as John, besides all like the conspiracy stuff. Like I think it's, I think it's like, besides all the last, the last like couple of things you said, so I'm, I think it's possible. Um, I don't, I haven't done a whole lot of research, so I can't definitively say or anything that like, no, I don't think they, I don't think we've made contact or anything. Uh, I think it's improbable that we've made contact. So I feel like it would be incredibly difficult to hide that or cover that up. Um, but otherwise I agree. I pretty much agree with what John's saying. That it's possible they exist. Uh, it's just improbable that we, we, we've made contact to this point. Mm-hmm. If, if they exist. Where I so, stand. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to lead into you. So what's your, what's your rebuttal to all this? I'm curious. My whole thing is, the, the word conspiracy, it, it, it's just a, it's a general blanket for craziness. But That's true. In, in, in my opinion, I only go off of facts. I base my conspiracies off of facts. So they don't just come out of hearsay. They come out of things that I have physically seen, read about, or you know, have heard through a reliable witness source where I just start to say, you know what, that, that's, that's possible. And well, I'm going to preface, leave... yeah, to preface this though, Trevor has done way more research than both me and John combined. On yeah, exactly. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have, I have poured over countless newspapers. I have poured over countless reports, um, police reports, uh, news articles, radar, radar images, uh, uh, you know, d- different, different, uh, what do you call those things where, uh, mm, where radiation readings are, are more what, what is that thing oh, called the geiger counter thing the geiger counter i pour over many of those ki- types of evidences and that's what i base my stuff off and i'm gonna give you an example all right this is actually this is the example that kind of kicked it all off for me uh everyone has heard about the fbi vault correct have you guys heard about that right. well you're talking about area 51 no no, no i'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. where I'm talking about where FBI puts their files in, and then after a certain amount of years, there is a—I forget the law—but there's a U.S. law where those files have to be released and known to the public. It's supposed to be kind of—that's kind of, that's kind of okay. like a—yeah, I forget the law. I should look that up. It's like, like a transparency act type. A thing. transparency, yeah, like a declassification of things, right? So when when you hear the Roswell incident, what co- what first comes to your mind? I think, well, okay. Three things. 1950s, well, maybe four. 1950s, small town, aliens, Iron Giant. (laughs) Iron Giant. I couldn't, couldn't, like, I was, like, trying to be serious, but, like, that's honestly one of the first things that comes to my mind when I think of Roswell now. 
I like it. I like it. What about you, John? What, what do you think when you hear Roswell incident? Well, it, it's kind of what you're t- what you were talking about with like the blanket term conspiracy. Is that that's immediately what I see? I see somebody saying like, "Yeah, they came in these saucers, and they then the government's trying to cover it up." Like that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Good, good, and that's what usually comes to people's minds. That's correct. That's good. Now back to the FBI vault. So I, I have a page up right now. I'm actually on FBI.gov. Credi- credible resource, right? You know, you agree? Yeah, if it's the government, if it's the actual government site, then yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So. It gives a brief description of the FBI vault. It's our high-tech electronic reading room housing various bureau records released from under the Freedom of Information Act. That's the act I was looking for. Yeah, transparency, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So recently, I I believe, uh, let's see, I believe, I want to say two or three years ago, there was a CNN report about this. They they mentioned it briefly. To them, it was just like, oh, this is is some, some comical news. But in all reality, that's the problem with America. We, they, they put it in a light where it's just like, it's never going to be looked at seriously. Right. Mainstream so, media they, often talks about Roswell and stuff like that as if it's a joke and they don't take any of exactly. what, 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 exactly. what conspiracy theories purport to be evidence. They don't even look at it. They just assume that it's fake. Exactly. Exactly. So this guy came on CNN who was a, an official FBI agent and who was talking about this seriously. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I, I used to work for the FBI and, uh, Here's one of the memos, and the memo is is what's the title of this memo? It is called they call it the 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 guy hotel memo, and that's that's a general who was um, pretty much at that site when when Roswell went down, and they have a they have a little um, what do you call it a little blurb from the memo. I'm gonna read it out to you right now. They the saucers were described as being circular in shape with raised centers, approximately 50 feet in diameter. Each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall, dressed in a metallic cloth of a very fine texture. Each body was bandaged in a manner similar to the blackout suits used by speed flyers and test pilots. Uh, the memo goes on to believe, goes on to say, you know, what they do with the bodies um, and, what, you know, the, how they have to clean it up quickly and get it out of the area and, they, and, um, and something to that nature. Now, the official report about the Roswell incident was not that. The official report was it was a weather balloon. That's what the official report was. To this day, people still believe that is the official report. But this memo clearly states, and it's a and it's a it's an actual legit memo. You can look it up yourself. Clearly states what they really found and what they ended up doing with it. Now, how can you look at that evidence and tell me that there isn't a cover up going on between the U.S. government and possibly aliens? Okay. Well, okay, so like, it it could be a couple of different things because the the problem is is that it's a single source and the other evidence that that report says should exist, there's no report, there's no like, there's no additional like, if if they recovered three bodies, there should be like autopsy reports and stuff and stuff like that, and you know there should be a lot of other evidence corroborating this basically. There it's won't be if you're trying to if you're trying to get rid of the evidence. You don't want people. Yeah, to but if you're trying to get rid of it. Rid of it. Why wouldn't you just get rid of the memo too? So, okay, here, like it, here's what I would say. I think is what Matt's trying to get at is that it's hard to refute a negative. So the fact that the the mass media doesn't cover, like for example, like there's this one document that you found on the FBI's website, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that there is not further coverage of that kind of a thing, where like, okay, so somebody some journalist takes the story seriously they go and they examine they try to find out 
what happened to the bodies, and like you get a further, you get multiple, what do you call it? Like, um, you get multiple witnesses and multiple perspectives on it, and that's how you can kind mm-hmm. of verify that it's a good story. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the. Th- it's a two. It's a, a double-edged sword because if the if the multimedia, if if mass media doesn't take a story seriously, then you don't get multiple people verifying the information. You just get a few people who, to conspiracy theorists, they they think it's because it's being it's being hushed up that you don't hear from multiple sources. But then, that's the only evidence that you have to go off of is the brave few that believe that there's something going on. And so they point out information. So like, and why case, is that not enough? Well, I, I because at that point, if you don't have somebody else verifying the information, then it's just hearsay because it's one person, it's one lone person making that claim. Whoever mm. wrote that document, it's just their word. You have to take their word for it. Now, according to you, since there, since you've researched multiple people that make those types of claims. Then you add up all that together and you you form this narrative that says if there's all these independent people making these independent claims, then there has to be something going on. And so like that's I would say but like I, I think that's the thing and and I, I in my mind the closest thing I can compare it to is with like a religious belief and if you like look at the Bible, the reason that a lot of people believe the disciples accounts in like the gospels is that you have all these people giving the account of the same thing, and even though all these miracles that they're talking about are technically scientifically impossible, you kind of trust, based on the character of the people writing, that those things are true. And I feel like it's a similar thing with conspiracy theories, because if you look at the person that is putting it out, and you trust it, them because like they have credentials, or because... like they're random people that would they have no reason to make something up then you're you're kind of going more off of their character than based off of there's multiple people confirming the same story would you say that mm. that's true oh. it's like more of like well, a character's well, witness thing than a well, well here's, I, a, here's I, an interesting thing by the way that i just found out the hotel memo was dated 1950 and mm. the hotel the roswell event was in july 1947 so this mm. report was written three years after the event, which that that had some questionable nature to it. But that is I just, true. I'll just throw that in there too. That is true. It it is dated from 1950 through. Yeah, that is true. Years ago, last week. That is, I agree with that. That is that is some questionable stuff. But like I said, I I didn't say this actually. I only presented one thing. Okay. You know, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you have. I know you got troves of evidence on this. That's why I want to keep right, going. Right. Because right. you got more. Right. Right. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't quite pre- as prepared as I wanted to be for this, uh, this interview. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I already but know you did. You want to have stacks of evidence ready? Because, like, okay, yeah. let's go. Let's just turn to page I, I seven. I would have gone to my vault. Yeah, exactly. I would have gone to my vault, got all that out for you, and and, and there, there's the multiple witnesses. You know, I clearly, obviously, there's there's clearly more to this story. Right. Um, that memory is just the start of it. What, right. Yeah. The, and I, I mean, it's a difference between you and me at the same time because, like, you're more of a scientifically minded person, but like, I I always look at these types of arguments in terms of like, what is the philosophy of people that think a certain way, and so like. That, that's more of what I wanted to explore in terms of like what what do you trust more? And for me, the argument is always if if 
it, if there are a bunch of independent people that are saying a certain thing, I feel like they can have independent motives to why they would say that. And I feel like if there was a conspiracy in terms of like people colluding to hide something, then mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like there's enough. Like, argue this with me. What what benefit do you think is great enough for the government? that they would take these lengths to hide uh, alien contact. It, it, it's obvious. It's, it's about being a superpower. It's about having the edge over your fellow countrymen. Like, it, you know, not your fellow countrymen, but, but other countries. Right. Like, if the U.S. was working with a higher intelligence, hell, it could be aliens. It could be, it could be us from the future coming back, and that's who, that's who the aliens are. You know, like I'm oh, not man, saying this is a different conversation now. Yeah, yeah that's man. a deeper level. <laughs> that's a deeper level right there. But the, if we happen upon an edge or an advantage, why the hell we make that shit public? Sorry, I should. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> that I can I can understand that motivation behind it because yeah, if you do get an advantage, as far as the the international kind of power game is being played, you're not gonna you're not gonna like you're gonna do what you can to hide it. Right. From but to a certain extent. My point is, to a certain extent, there's certain things that are just too difficult to hide. That's where I come into it. Is is yeah, if we came in contact with it, I can see how the U.S. would hide it for our own benefit and advantage. I just think it would just be a bit too difficult to hide, unless unless somehow it was a one-time event, unless it only happened once, and it happened here. And because like the odds that if aliens did exist and were crash landing on Earth or landing on Earth, that they would only land in the U.S when there's there's so much other areas to land in and, te- mm-hmm. and technically better areas really mm-hmm. because there are areas that are much more either dense it depends on what the motivations would be but, but but there are areas that are much more densely populated if for some reason they want to go to densely populated areas and there are areas in the world that are much more scarcely populated than anywhere in the u.s if mm-hmm. they didn't want to come in contact with anyone just observe so the idea that they would only land in the U.S. if if there were multiple races landing or just one you know big alien race and they wanted to make multiple contacts, like I could understand this theory if it if it was from a single like single event point of view, like if it, this happened once we made a contact once we got one or a couple UFOs or whatever, but if it's like from the point of view that this has been an ongoing thing. We've been in constant contact. They've landed multiple times. The idea that they would only work with us, it's kind of, especially knowing how international politics work, there's much more to gain, I would think, from working with, multiple, like playing factions against each other, so to speak, than just working with, with just us or just one faction. Matt, I'm really glad you brought that up because guess what? <laughs> to your first point, it would be very difficult to hide aliens existence that's why we've had events like the battle of loss of san francisco have you heard of that no i haven't heard of that wait no i think brandon i think brandon brought this up last time we were on uh february 24th 1924 the city of lost the city of angels flew into a panic because they saw what they thought was a japanese enemy aircraft spotted over the city first of all the japanese did not have wait hold on no we talked about this you said san yeah. francisco it's it's los angeles you mean right right i'm sorry yeah you sorry. said battle of san francisco i was like uh no sorry but yeah I, lo- I looked that up and it was confirmed to be a weather balloon uh, oh my god really that you're gonna yeah, believe I, that you're gonna believe I that twice you're gonna believe that twice 
a weather oh balloon? My gosh. I looked this up last time. We're going to okay. do this again. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, that, that's, that's one example. Another example, Arizona. John knows this. The Phoenix. The Phoenix Lights. That's what they call it. There's a movie coming out about it. You can look that up. Based off of a true story. Happened in 1997. See, unknown that, aircraft. That one I give mo- more credit because it was multiple. That, that's what 10, it was. It was a, yeah. It was a lot of people 10, that saw the same thing. Yes, 10,000 people saw this craft. The, they, the, the U.S. military is like, oh, it's just flares. Flares, really? They, they saw a football, a craft bigger than three football fields fly over their city. The mayor of the city saw this craft. They all saw it. It flew from, from a certain time period. I forget which time period. But, but when the United States military was asked to comment about it, they, they, they gave an incorrect time period about when the flares went off. And maybe that's what it was. But in all reality... They got the records from the uh, they got the records from the from the nearby aircraft uh, I forget what's it called the the nearby uh, aircraft base that fl- that actually chased this thing down. They chased it down. They got the transcriptions and the transcriptions were pretty much saying, "Hey, what is this thing? Do I have do I have the permission to shoot this thing down?" The um, his commander says, "We don't know what it is. We it's not us. It's not it's not Area 51. It's not anyone in our local vicinity. We're we're trying to get in touch with POTUS, but he's not he can't confirm as well." Just, just monitor it. They monitor it. The thing was flying, and then it flew off and zipped away, and they could no longer catch it. You can look up those transcriptions. There are events that happen not just in the United States, by the way, around Which the world. Which one was this? Which one was this? That was that was the uh, the Phoenix Lights. That's what, that's what it's known as on Google. You can look all that up. I I have a I have a. Okay, perfect... so yeah, back to the Battle of Los Angeles. It was, yeah. First up, it happened at night. The right. night technology in nineteen forties. The, big, the biggest thing about the Battle of Los Angeles wasn't that it was – it was only speculated that it was aliens afterwards. At the time, it was thought to be a Japanese air raid mm-hmm. because what had happened was the, – the biggest issue behind it was because they saw something in the sky, and they opened fire. Right. That was the biggest issue. All the artilleries opened fire and later found out that it was an air balloon, but everyone just freaked because the Japanese – because the, the Pearl Harbor had only happened three months earlier. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, main, the main event behind – it was only speculated about three or four years later – that it was aliens. They decided to shoot the aliens down, right. even though there was no wreckage or really no evidence whatsoever, except that something was in the sky and we shot it down. That's there was no wreckage. So for me to say that it was a weather balloon, it, if it was a weather balloon, where's the balloon? Where's the wreckage? They shot at it. That thing well, would have a balloon would would burn up in the atmosphere. They they were hydrogen balloons. So okay, but th- there's still evidence after a hydrogen. Even the Hindenburg left some evidence. I mean, some steel graders, obviously. That thing oh, wasn't a complete weather balloons move. are nowhere near as big as like weather balloons don't have uh, internal like metal structures like the I balloon. I know that but someone someone who put that weather balloon from the United States up there the Japanese didn't do it so someone would have been like oh yeah that was that yeah was but up. that's back that's just the other thing we talked about last time in 1940s they didn't have Doppler radar and all sort of stuff so they used weather balloons for everything like so you you're convinced it was a weather balloon. I don't see how it could be anything else. I mean there's no ev- there's no evidence that it isn't. You know, you have to have reasonable doubt. Like, the only pe- only reason people are saying that it's aliens is because we shot at it. Basically, mm-hmm. there's no eyewitness reports that they saw it or that it looked like a or it was a strange it, light. It kind of made sense that if that they did. Shoot there's there's at a it picture. Were... There's a picture of it. There's a picture of, of of several beams aiming at the craft. Yeah, but that's just like anti. That's just you know artillery. You know spotlights. Aiming at a craft. I'm looking at the craft right now. They're aiming at something. They're aiming at something round. It could be a weather balloon based on the back part of it. 
I think you, there's there's as little evidence as it being a weather balloon as there there's as much evidence of, of it being a weather balloon than of it well, being Well the point a, is there's no definitive evidence either of way. Anything. So either it's way, just complete yeah. speculation. So it's kind I'd of rather go, I'd rather go there than say it's leading more towards a weather balloon cuz I swear to god the US government tells me it was a weather balloon one more time I will flip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And to your to your second point Matt these incidences are not US only. These, these, they happen around the world. Russia has claimed um, evidence of stuff like this happening. Uh, Spain, England, actually other U.S., other governments around the world have divisions to actually look into this and investigate. We're the only country that doesn't. We had a small one called Project Blue Book in the 50s, but they scrapped it shortly after the Roswell incident because they didn't want us poking around for a reason. But every other government, every, every other agency in the, around the world still has their um, unexplained UFO-type divisions. Because it, it is a global phenomenon. Okay. So you are, they, are right. Have they found like any like? The thing is like none of these other they, countries have really found anything like shockingly definitive to the point where the world like couldn't ignore it. I mean, they I found mean, evidence, but obviously the world is in such denial that evidence doesn't mean much. I I I wish I could. I wish this wasn't. I wish it was like a YouTube video because I would play this DVD that I have. John knows the <laughs> DVD. I would play this DVD that pretty much takes. Out of all the nonsense, it takes the five most credible sort, the five most credible instances, incidences that's happened around the world with radar images, with Geiger counter um, evidence. They they only present evidence in this DVD. It, it, I recommend this to you. I'm about to promote the, the History Channel right now. They better pay me. Hold on. <laughs> let me look. This, let me get this DVD out of here. But real you quick. would like. And then I'll, so I'll, let's get into that discussion too. Is about about what what constitutes evidence to you right because there there's so like you say like they have pictures of certain things if a person wants to oh. fake what a picture looks like that's very easy to do so it's hard to distinguish yes. between there's and that's why i said that mul having multiple perspectives on something is valuable because you get an expert to validate it you get a, a journalist to ask questions like when you get it from multiple angles, it becomes more mm -hmm. valuable as evidence. But like, for example, when you have the one, it, the one eyewitness that creates the file about what a craft looks like and puts it on the vault, like, is that something that's been vetted by the whole FBI bureau and then it, it's submitted to the vault, or is that just a, a one eyewitness account that that one person did? And so like, maybe if you ask that person, they would say that was unusual. It was not human craft or whatever um like the, that's why i said the phoenix thing is so you know it it makes me believe more because it, it was it was multiple sightings where everybody said that that was not something that looked like a human aircraft so no yeah. it wasn't but here's here's the thing there is an aircraft that looks like that by the way you guys ever hear of a b2 b2 spirit bomber yes by the way it's a stealth craft that would bear an incredible similarity to the V-shaped craft seen, purportedly seen by people in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And the B-2 stealth crafts were high-altitude bombers. These are bombers that operate in the stratosphere uh, of, of the planet, obviously. Um, and these are, these are bombers that were deployed during the end of the Cold War as kind of a detente against the Soviet Union because they couldn't be shot down because they operate in the stratosphere, and they were stealth craft, so they couldn't be detected on radar. And that, that's part of the reason why they have this massive 
V-shape. Since then, towards the end of the Cold War, all these bombers were brought back in and decommissioned. And that would have been around the time of 1997, bringing in some of these things. And it would have behooved the United States to not admit that they were, you know, to try and cover up that they were landing these things. Because these aren't exactly things that you want to know where you're keeping them because they mm -hmm. have nuclear capabilities. So it could, this could have been what they saw. They could have been one of these landing and the U.S. covered it up because they didn't want anybody to know that they were keeping these things in Arizona. Two problems with that theory. Mm -hmm. Those crafts are not three football fields big. This craft covered the whole city of Phoenix. It was, okay. it was See, huge. That's the other huge. thing is based on eyewitness reports, but. 10,000 10, reports, everybody by the way. Everybody knows when you, when you see something in the sky, it can look a lot bigger than how it actually looks. Like you look, you look at it like when you see an aircraft, an airplane landing, they look like they're moving a lot slower than they actually are. They didn't so, see this. This thing wasn't high in the sky. It was reported to be a very low flying aircraft that night. It was very low. Yeah. Which is, which is the second point of my theory. If these things operate so high, why was this thing so low? Well, because they're bringing it, like I just said, because they're bringing it in, because these were decommissioned towards the end of the, after, after, you know, five, six years after the end of the Cold War, all these were brought back in. Why did the jets not know what this craft was? And how did that craft get away? How did it speed up to a point where a jet can't fight it? Can't, can't, well, can't get it? Because these are, these planes aren't standard Air Force, you know, or Army planes. These are like, these are basically the equivalent of like special forces, like Black Ops Denial type craft. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, you know, if we have one, because typically they operated over airspace that we weren't really allowed to be in. So if they're one of those things where if we have them, we're going to deny that we have them or something like that. So it would make sense that they're just, you know, couple things. Average, an average pilot wouldn't know about that. A couple of things don't connect the size of the aircraft and, and the way it maneuvered. And, and yeah, this, this DVD actually points out that there were aircraft very similar to those. And they made some comparisons to them. And they, they were showing that this thing had much, like the lights on this thing was much different than the aircraft that you're talking about. I wish I could show you it. I wish I could, I wish I could play it right now, but I can't. But so, um, th this is another thing is to think. There's some disconnects. Go ahead. Okay. But like, when you when you compare like these things that are that in your opinion are mistaken for weather balloons or with like a, 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 this super super huge aircraft that just hovers over and then goes away, there doesn't seem to me to be a logical progression and and timeline in terms of like they make a deal with humans and then what they just like hover over humans to observe or something is that like the goal that you think that they have? My theory, my, my theory, and this is just a theory. My theory is, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. They they came to Earth. They said the U.S. government is just like, hey, listen, um, we like that technology you guys got got on that craft there. We need this. What do you guys need? Oh, well, we're peaceful aliens. Maybe they aren't. Um, this is just a theory. We just want to observe and occasionally take some of your citizens. So how about this? <laughs> how about this? You let We're us stuff. We just want to like kidnap and buy and you know, <laughs> so, that you can, so that you can have the iPhone seven like a year earlier. Than... <laughs> so so our computers can exponentially be advanced. The way that that computers are being advanced nowadays is 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 astounding, and it only it it started around the 1950s when that booming of technology just started to happen for the United States. But I'm not going to get into that either. 
Um, my, my theory is, yeah, we made a deal. They get to abduct whoever they want. We close down Project Blue Book. We won't investigate it. We won't, we won't say anything you know, about it. At the same time, you give us your technology, we can backwards engineer it, and we go from there. That's a deal I, I believe has been made between the U.S. government and these unknown things. I don't, they could be aliens. They could be us in the future. Whatever it is, that's what I think is going on. That's just me. So, okay, so... Is it, do I have any proof? No, no proof. Like, for example, like, they... So, what's it called? Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think, made, made a comment about something that Stephen Hawking said. Because he, Stephen Hawking was like, if, if there are advanced creatures that come to Earth, what did humans do to other civilizations when they were more advanced? They either wiped them out or, you know, enslaved them. So, but Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying, like, that they don't, that, that's not, like, a complex, um, what's it called? Like, a, like, a perspective on alien cultures. Like, we, we have no idea what they're going to be like. If, exactly. if they can survive in parts of space that we can't comprehend, then how, how can we assume that we're going to know what, what they're going to be like or what they're not? So, in my opinion... If this is a creature that has traversed all this deadly terrain in order to get here, I don't think that the number one thing that they would want to do is to kidnap and observe humans. Like, I I can't, it's just something I can't imagine that, that they would do, that they would immediately, you know, make a deal with, like, if they're that advanced where they could just come here and leave whenever they want, I feel like a lot more would be happening right now than... They're just like, oh, we'll give you some technology to, to look at your creatures. Like, it's just, it, I, Hell, it's, that, that that's just what it looks like. But you know, obviously, I'm sure they have a deeper plan going on. I mean, I mean, just by going off of, which is not a good thing to go off of, especially if, as soon as I say this, I'm gonna be probably debunked right here. But just by going off of a few people who claim to have been abducted, you know, a lot of these abductees have said over, time and time again, over and over, all across the world, that these aliens are really right interested in, are really interested in crossing genetics with us, figuring out how they can interbreed with our species. Maybe they got some sickness going on back in their world where they're dying out and they need something in our genes that would help. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure there's a deeper meaning to this whole abduction thing. If, well, the, if okay. it's happening. So like, yeah, this is the part where John gets off on this crap and I don't see the point because I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a... I'm a pragmatic, realist, Machiavellian type person where I don't get, I mean, it, to me, it's like, if you prove the evidence, then you can speculate all you want. If it's been right. proven that they're here, then we can speculate about why the heck they're here. But like, if you, I'm, I'm more interested in like trying to dissect the evidence and seeing like what actually happened, you know, what people saw or think they saw, uh, what was the response to it and all that sort of stuff. I'm still going over this Phoenix incident, and they there there are they they say that there was football field in size. Yet the only person who who has gone on record and said anything said it was around the size of a 747, which are two very different things. Who said that? So, okay, so at about 6:55 PST, a man reported seeing a V-shaped object over Henderson, Nevada. He was said it was about the size of a 747, sound like a rushing wind, and had six lights on its leading edge. The lights reportedly traversed to the, to the northeast to southeast. Every other report of everyone talking about this doesn't say anything about the size. It just says Eight. that it was moving a certain direction, went into a mountain, or something like that. 
doesn't mm. say they, they say in the Wikipedia description that witnesses claim to observe a huge V-shaped several football fields in size, but yet it doesn't later on in the rest of the Wikipedia post or any of the reports, it doesn't actually say who said that or when or where they were. It just says that people said that. Well, that's your first problem right there. That, that's Wikipedia. <laughs> well, that's my first issue is like when they say witnesses reported, I don't give a crap about witnesses reported. Tell me who said it, where they were, what they said. I can like, give you one witness. Okay. Who, um, said, who said that it was football fields inside? Yeah, I, yes. Said, um, okay. I, I'm, at least I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched this DVD in a while. But one witness who went on record was the mayor at the time. He, he, and he didn't go on record for a while because he was told not to. He was told, hey, just stay out of it. Let the public think whatever they want to think. But he ended up going on record and saying, you know what? This thing flew over my house. So I went outside to observe it to see what was going on. I saw, I saw something on the news about it. But the news was showing the actual flares that the U.S. government put up to kind of, I think, to, to deter from the actual, what was actually going on um, or what they thought was going on. Um, so this guy, the redacted. Okay. No, you're offline, dude. I just I just refreshed, and you're 100% offline. That's weird. Oh, oh it says encoding overloaded. Consider turning down video settings. All right, so that means we got to stop this one and do a part two. <laughs> uh, if you're using John, if you're using the VOD to upload, or wait, now you're live again. Weird. It's okay. Did you, I hope did I don't you just hit the like, live button again? No, it's it's just, just it's just continued to. I right, I, I well, didn't stop streaming or anything. For our listeners, I'm gonna get us back on track. Matt, you said you, you, you said you like you said you like evidence, right, Matt? You, you like that stuff? I'm, I'm saying evidence? what your argument needs is a foundation. Okay, you, I got you I, need something I, to build off of. Listen, I can throw evidence out you uh, at you for, at the wazoo. All right, here's okay. here's one. 2006 O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. Okay. All right. You do so understand you're, you're, you're that closer argument. we get. Okay, no, no. Okay, so this is this is another point. The closer we get to the modern age, the more mm. difficult it is going to be to prove this because now we're dealing with our society is more technologically advanced. There's a lot more aircraft that are potentially that can potentially be unexplained in terms mm. of that. If we had foreign aircraft on U.S. soil, it would behoove the United States to not admit that because it would, it would admit a weakness in our defenses. And there is a possibility of advanced stealth craft deployed by other planets. I mean, not other planets. Jeez. Okay, now we're talking about – You're right the first time. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about that. Um, by other nations that could have penetrated our defenses and it would behoove the United States to deny that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I'm not saying that this, that's what your thing is. I'm just saying the closer we get to the modern era – the harder it is to prove these sorts of things with, unless you have some really strong definitive evidence and because technology is advanced to the point where there are a plethora of things that could, this could have been the closer you get to current times. And, and I'm more on the opposite side. I'm thinking the more modern we get, the better we, as, a, as the general public, will be able to record these incidences and have well, yeah. legit, legit proof for it. So I'm saying, this, yeah, this we, being can, we can have more evidence, but I'm saying at the same time, it, Technology. I know, I know what you're saying. I, there's I get more it. possibilities as to what it could be. Whereas the further back in time you go, if you have definitive evidence, like in the 1950s, it could only have been one or two other things. And if you have, uh, if you have some details, it could easily prove against that. But, right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to share this one and then you tell me. All right. Okay. So Chicago airport, silver disc floating right over the, uh, Right over the um, the air tower, 
Um, one of the one of the uh, groundsmen who's directing a plane out of its out of its port is saying, "Hey, uh, air, air tower, uh, there's a silver disc floating right over you. What is that?" They're looking at their radars. They're just like, "We don't see it on the radars. We don't understand. We we can someone can someone else give us a can someone else to, you know confirm this." Someone else radio saying, yeah, I can actually see it. I'm taking a picture with my phone right now. You can see that picture. You can look that up on Google. Um, yeah. She took, took a picture of it. She, there's the flying disc. Then um, they're, they're talking about it back and forth with the air tower. This flying disc shoots up in the air, like, like straight up in the air, and punches a hole in the clouds, right? Now, people who are naysayers are saying, oh, this is a weather phenomenon. There's something called an air punch uh, weather phenomenon where – a, a rush of air flies down and punches a hole in the clouds. And they, you know, they say, you know, this has happened before, blah, blah, blah. But no, come on. There's a picture of this craft. This <laughs> thing shot up in the air. It went straight through the clouds and punched a hole. How can you tell me that that's not evidence? And how can you tell me that's, that's, a, human, that's a human design? Well, I can tell you that the pictures are really, really rough. It's 2006. I mean, I'm looking at them right now. The, the the best I can tell you is that it's spherical. That's an oval of some kind. Okay, there are now, How about that? Does that help? The remainder of this recording has been seized by the U.S. government. 